Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening and a warm welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to another matriculation of Springboard, your virtual university. This is session six of our entrepreneurship and business series. And today we'll be looking at decision making and it promises to be inspirational and mentally stimulating. The broadcast is put together by Legacy and Legacy, your preferred partner for world-class corporate training and your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. Springboard is proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and our investment partner, Omega Capital. We are also privileged to enjoy media support from the Business and Financial Times and the Graphic Business, as well as technology backing from Dream Oval. My name is Albert Okran, and I'm here with my virtual academic board comprising the boss, Comfort, along with Matthew and Amos. From now till you graduate at 8 p.m., get ready because your personal value will shoot up. Tonight, Springboard strings together virtually a network of CEOs, business executives, corporate decision makers, and the most influential emerging leaders on one platform every Sunday evening. Our agenda is simple. A journey of personal improvement with the ultimate aim of raising the next generation of African leaders and executives. This is the session six in our series on entrepreneurship and business growth. In session one, we had an overview of entrepreneurship with Mabel Simpson and Kofi Bentel. Session two was on idea generation and concept development with Michael Amankwa. The third session was on the profile of an entrepreneur with Elikem Konyehia. The fourth session was on why businesses fail and that was by Catherine Benson and Patricia Supple. The fifth session last week was that very stimulating discussion about financing startups and SMEs and that was by Yofi Grant and Hamdi Ismaila. Tonight in session six there is only one decision you want to make and that is what is the cost to businesses of indecision procrastination and bad decisions what is the cost to organizations to individuals and to nations of indecision procrastination and bad decisions how expensive is it to have a leader who totally shies away or takes forever to make big and important decisions. My guest tonight will help us with the tools to make the right decisions. But before that, let me run you through our commitments for the year 2015. There are five of them. Number one, to read a good book a month and I'm spying the book The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. You should read that book. It's a very, very solid book. Patrick Lencioni. He wrote The Five Dysfunctions of a Team and he's written a book called The Advantage. You must read it. It's very, very hot. The second one is to attend personal development interventions. The third one, sign up to the SMS Academy. The fourth one is to prepare your 20-year plan, your personal 20-year plan. And the fifth one is to deliberately build social equity. Surround yourself with people who add value to your life. And talking about SMS Academy, the tip for today, today we are looking at business secret number seven. And the secret for today is that decision makers in business must avoid entrenched positions and keep an open mind ready to embrace innovative and unusual concepts i'll ask my guest whether he sometimes goes into board meetings or business meetings with an open mind even though he has 
probably some very, very well-crafted plans because sometimes, Charlie, somebody will come with some idea and just come and turn the whole meeting upside down. Open minds is one of the things we'll be talking about along the line. So sign up to the SMS, SMS Academy and you can receive this tip every single day. To do so, simple. Just send the word Springboard to 1984 if you're on MTN or Airtel or 1985 if you're on Tigo or Vodafone. So my guest for tonight is George Ufosuhin. He's the CEO of Bond and he's in the studio with me. And before we settle down, George, it's good to see you every time and, and, and tonight is no exception. Welcome to Springboard. Thank you, Albert. Good to see you again. It's a Thank blessing. Thank you very much. George, before we even go into our main topic, earlier on, I, in my SMS tip for the day, I said decision makers must approach business meetings with an open mind, ready to accept innovative ideas and unusual thoughts. Do you find that sometimes something from nowhere could be a game changer in business? Yes, I mean, it's important that you always, you know, keep an open mind. You know, um, you see, one of the issues is that the world is moving very fast, you know, in terms of changes. And it is always important for you to make sure that you have the ability to keep up with the pace. Mm. And keeping up with the pace means that there could be a game changer as you move along. Now, if you don't have an open mind and you have entrenched position, the possibility of losing out is very, very high. Right. Very high. You know that one of the important, you know, um, tools is high-quality data. Right. And high-quality data is actually, you know, something that is put together, you know, through a system. Now, you have to make sure that you are very much, you know, um, in tune with what is happening. Otherwise, definitely you, 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 you miss out. Right. You, 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 you always, you know, advise your, um, your students. And um, let me take this opportunity to say hello to your discerning listeners and um, the students of the Springboard University. Right. Who gradually are being moved towards this position of becoming the best leaders in, in our system. That you cannot, you know, forget about the fact that things are changing. You know, on a regular basis. Now, if you don't make it a point to educate yourself, you will lose out. You have to ensure that you actually acquire quality data, quality information. And, right. you know, because of um, the benefit of technology, these things are at the fingertips. You just must know how to look for them. And they are always available to you. Right. Available to you. I'm, I'm reading some research that suggests that many top-level business leaders <laughs> perceive the quality of decision-making in their companies as mixed, not the very best. Is this something we should be concerned about? I think so. You see, Albert, if, if, if you, you look at results of any company or companies, it will give you an indication of the kind of decisions that are being made. The other thing I'd like to say is that if you look around you, you actually will be able to tell whether decisions that are being made are good decisions or they are bad decisions. So anytime you are confronted with the situation where you need to make a decision, you have a certain objective in mind. Now, that objective can only be achieved if you have the right tools and you make the right decision. So if at the end of the day, you don't achieve what you are looking for, it just means that the decision-making process has not gone the way you expected. Right. So maybe that is why 
you know, this um, research is coming up with that. It means that a lot of executives feel uncomfortable about the outcome of decisions that are made. And that is what, you know, um, creates that sort of problem. Let's go, let's go to the foundation. So, good. I mean, I wish we could count the number of decisions a business leader makes a day, but it varies from <laughs> person to person. But let's go to quality. I mean, what makes a decision a good one or a bad one? Very simple. You know, just like I said earlier on, you make a decision with a certain anticipated result in mind. Okay. So if the result that you are expecting actually, you know, happens, it means that you have made a good decision. Assuming that you intend to put together a project and the project is supposed to achieve A, B, C, D, or for bet- for want of a better example, the project is supposed to achieve certain numbers. Once you don't achieve the numbers, there's a clear indication that the decision that was taken wasn't a good decision. But the objective is so sort of could, could be wrong. Yeah, of course, the objective. Of course, once you, the objective is wrong, it means that you have started you have started from the wrong premise. Yeah, but you know, it, it, it will be it will be very very difficult to have a wrong objective, unless of course you are actually dealing with issues that you don't understand. Assuming that you know um, we are talking about bond, okay, we can't have a wrong objective unless of course you don't understand the market. But we understand the market very well. So object, the objective surely will be co- uh, correct, will so be let, accurate. Let, let's test this one. I mean, last week, last week in the discussion, on, or a couple of weeks ago, in the discussion on why businesses fail, one of the things that came up was that sometimes a business goes into a project just because somebody else is doing it. And so you can set an objective that has a wrong premise just because a competitor is doing it. You are going to do a, a clone product to fight it. And that could be a wrong decision or a wrong a wrong project. And so every decision that follows that one could itself have dire implications if the original root decision itself is faulty. But that is, that is true. It means that both of us are saying the same thing. What I said earlier on is that you must understand what you are doing. If you're actually copying, if you're cloning, it is very clear that you don't understand what you are doing. It is something that I see quite often in this environment, that you actually have seen that Springboard has a product, the product has developed to a certain level, it's receiving a lot of attention from the community. So what you decide to do is to copy. The moment you do that, it means that the premise is wrong. So then what you are talking about will come in. It means that your objective is actually not right. And every decision that follows from there, I mean, it can never be, uh, be accurate. But if the objective is right and you have good quality information, the chances of you making a wrong decision is slimmer. Now, my issue actually is how good the information that you are receiving is. That is where the problem is. You need to find a way of developing yourself, developing structures that make it possible for you to always be confronted with Information that will make it possible for you to take the right decision. I'm sure uh, in the course of the discussion, we'll come out with a, a lot of other things that relate to how the, the quality you know, can be achieved. 18 minutes past hour of seven, and if you just tuned in, this is Springboard of Virtual Investing. My guest for tonight is George Ofusui, the CEO of Bond. We are looking at the corporate decision making. What is involved in making corporate decisions? What are the risks involved if a leader makes bad decisions? And 
how do you bring everything to bear in ensuring that you make a good decision? And these are the thoughts that we are trying to synthesize to help business leaders make good decisions. And wherever you are, if you run any kind of organization, this could be helpful to you in, 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 in as ensuring that you make good decisions and you move your business forward. So, let, George, let's look at what factors, what factors come into play in making a corporate decision. What are the things you consider in making a corporate decision? I think that the first thing that you have to look at is um, what we talked about earlier, the objective. The decision that you are making is expected to ensure that you arrive at a certain point. Right. Now, that is one of the things that you need to consider. Right. What else comes into your mind? Two, you need to consider the implications because every decision that you make will have, you know, certain implications in terms of, you know, um, business, you know, um, um, environment. Right. You also need to think about, you know, what other things you have to, you know, deal with when you take that decision. Because in every situation, you're actually looking at options. So if you decide to move in a particular direction, what are the other options that you are letting go of and how are you going to manage so you know, all opportunity that? Opportunity cost. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's opportunity cost. Yeah. Right. Do you find that sometimes other stakeholders have a different perspective of how things should be done? And how do you deal with the fact that maybe your board or, or, or other managers or other powerful players, shareholders have a very different opinion about what should be done. How do you navigate that kind of situation? <laughs> it's a very interesting thing that you bring up. You know, w- one of the things I would like to say is that human beings are very complex. And um, people have lots of hidden, unnoticed biases and agenda. So in the process of dealing with these things, you have to be careful the way you manage it because the possibility of certain things coming into play because of certain hidden you know agenda you know becomes an issue for for an executive the important thing for you to do is to focus on the big picture because at the end of the day that is where we are all going to and that is what matters so you will look at how to eliminate all those personal preferences that can actually lead to decisions that are taken which are not the best the big picture is what you know provides the focus. Let me let me let now, me push you a bit, George. Push. You, you are dealing with a situation where you let's say a, 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 a board or shareholders there are probably five. Each one holds some stick that you cannot ignore, and the big picture is clear. We all know what we are trying to do. We are raising fifty million. We have a, a certain target in, in mind, but the root varies in the mind of each person sure. and they are very convinced about which is the right way now so do you for instance do you take one do you iso- if there are two power blocks do you isolate one take them to lunch and sell your idea to them outside the meeting or you come into the meeting and lock horns i just want to know for somebody listening who says hey this one you have opened the honest nest you can go to a meeting and it's almost like you can predict before the meeting that this A A will take this this direction, B will take the, this direction, and C and F always vote together. How do you deal with a boardroom that tends to be split down the middle and can be very heated? How do you navigate that kind of politics? You see, um, it is not advisable to go to the boardroom without having a hang on exactly how things are going to play out. 
It's risky. Yeah, it's very risky. <laughs> you see, Albert, one of the things that I always talk about, you know, is the, is the fact that you need to have the capability of good communication. You see, every single human being can be managed. It doesn't matter who it is. Or it doesn't matter who he is. What you have to do is to ensure that you go through the process of engaging every single one of them and ensuring that all of them understand the issues at stake. Because, you know, Abed, it is your head that's on the chopping board. As a chief executive, you are responsible and the buck stops with you. The board is advisory. Management is advisory. You have to take the mantle. So you go through the process of engaging. It's important that you engage. You can't bulldoze your way through. You have to engage. And I can assure you that depending on the way you present your case, depending on the way you manage it, you will be able to turn things around. The other thing I like to say is that, you know, sometimes it is also a bit dangerous to have an entrenched position as a chief executive. You're actually going in there thinking that this is the only way forward. Okay, you should, whilst you are talking about engaging, have a certain level of flexibility that it is possible for you to actually shift your position because one person or the other decides or feels that we should go in a particular way. Because, Albert, you can also have a situation where this person that we are talking about has information that you don't have. Right. So in the process of actually engaging, the person will show you facts that you know something. This is what I've seen from A, B, C, D. Let us look at it. And at that point, the important thing is to be flexible. And then, you know, you actually go through the process of, you know, finding the best way without actually, you know, behaving like, I am the one who is in the driving seat. That's what I think we must do. When you do that, you have, you know, problems going forward because there could be other issues that this same person that you're having an issue with also is the one who is thinking the same way you are on a particular subject. Right. So it's kind of a political game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to use the word, I don't want to use the word political, but it is, (laughs) it it is, it is actually more of, you know, ensuring that we're all driving in the same direction. You know, when you have big egos and big pockets and big accounts and big minds in the meeting, you want to drive it the same way, but it doesn't doesn't happen that easily. It's not easy, but you see, Albert, you have to develop these things, you know, over a period. What skill do you need? You, you need communication. You need right. communication. You need ability to network. Right. You have to, you know, have the ability to actually tell yourself that this person actually looks at things in a particular way. For instance, if you have an accountant in your, on your board, you should know that this is a figures person. So when you're going to him, you must make sure that your figures are right. If you have somebody who's a lawyer, you must have clear interpretation of every single sentence. If you have an entrepreneur, you must know that this person's blood is hot. He's always looking for projects. And he wants the project to actually arrive before you take off. So when you are going to all these people, you have to organize yourself. And that is how I operate. Every single person, including me, I also have my own way of managing things. You need to know how to manage me. Right. Before you can actually talk to me. So it goes through the same process. 26 minutes past the hour of, of 7. If you're listening very intently the last couple of minutes, you learned a secret you, did, you didn't know before. Study your board and the decision-making group and know each one and what their big expectations are. Know that a lawyer wants all the I's 
dotted and the T's crossed. The accountant wants the figures correct. And of course, the entrepreneur wants you to arrive before you start. I just learned that one too. 27 minutes past the hour of 7. This is Springboard of Russia University. And our discussion today is about decision making. I want to find out the cost of procrastination. But if you've been listening so far, let me help you synthesize what we have said so far. The first thing that my guest, George Ofosuhin, the CEO of Bonda, said is that decisions are made with anticipated results in mind, and a good decision helps you get closer to your results. A bad decision causes you to miss out on those results. The second thing that he has said is that the factors that you must consider in making a decision are your objectives, the implications of your decisions, the opportunity cost, that is what you are missing out on, and also the interest of other stakeholders. I asked him about disagreements and very complex boards and decision-making teams, and he says human beings tend to be complex and sometimes have hidden and unnoticed biases or even agendas. You need to focus on the big picture and know how to manage people. The fourth thing he has said so far is that the CEO is the leader and the back stops with you, but you must learn how to do two things. First, engage the stakeholders and secondly be flexible because it's possible somebody may have a better idea and to do that the skills you need are three one communication two networking and three is understanding and those are our lessons so far and tonight you're talking about decision making something that affects every single one of us we make thousands of decisions every single day some big some small some inconsequential some mega mega i listened to a sermon this morning and he said that the decision to marry somebody is big it's not one of those frivolous decisions so don't marry the legs don't marry the wig marry something that will stand the test of time so you're talking about big decisions big decisions all right my guest for tonight is george ufusuhin the ceo of bond and we are talking about how to make those big corporate decisions now george before we went for the break i i i i told you that we want to find out what is the cost of procrastination. Some people just can't make a big decision. We delay, we procrastinate, we are indecisive. On the corporate front, what are the implications of a leader who can't make big decisions or who delays making important decisions? What are the the possible consequences? I would say that that, that is um, somebody who's not fit to be a leader. Because just like you said earlier on, you don't want to imagine how many decisions are made on a, on any day by a leader. You make decisions every step of the way. Now, if you don't want to make decisions, it means that you are not fit to be a leader. One of the problems that we have is that you know quite a number of people more like you know feel certain information you know uh, must come. So so you you keep waiting, hoping that some new information will come that will change, you know, whatever you are looking at. The difficulty is that you will procrastinate to the point where nothing nothing will happen. And I'm sure you have heard, you know, this adage, bad decision is better than no decision. Mm. Because you can make amends, you know, if you have made a bad decision, it's possible that sometimes you can actually correct things as you move on. But if you don't take any decision at all, there are very, very serious consequences. You see, the thing is that, like I said earlier on, the, more, the world is moving at a very fast pace. So even before you start putting together whatever you are thinking about, there are a countless number of institutions, including competitors, that may be thinking about exactly the same thing. 
Now, the issue is that in an environment where sophistication is not that high, most of the time, a lot of the institutions are doing things that are very similar in nature. You will just find differences in the name. But if you go into the roots, you are likely to see exactly the same thing. So imagine that all these companies are thinking about mobile money as, as an example. So you have thought about it. It is taking you a bit of time to actually take the bold decision to step out. You will hear an advert the following day. The day after that, another advert comes out. Do you know what is happening? You are actually losing market share. Mm. And that is where the problem is. You will lose market share. And there are also situations where whilst you are even thinking about it, like I said earlier on, human beings are very complex. Somebody will actually pick the decision you know, process. Whatever idea that you are talking about, it will land on your competitor's table. You wouldn't know how it happened, but it would have landed there. And what will happen is that if they are very good at taking decisions before you arrive at your decision, if you were, the product will be out there. At that point, Albert, you know what has happened? You have lost a huge market. So the cost of procrastination is unthinkable. It is unthinkable. You have to ensure that you actually take a certain you know, period, that you start the process by a certain time, it should be out there. I read something from Jack Walsh in the book Winning, one of the finest business books yes. I've read. Yeah. And yeah. one he, of the best. Yes. He, yeah. I mean he really wrote that book from his heart. Yeah. yeah. He wrote, and of course Jack Walsh was yeah, very candid. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it, one of the best we have yeah. seen in this world. And he wrote and two things that I picked from that book was speed mm-hmm. and boundarylessness. I mean, I, I, that, that, that term, I think he coined it himself. Of course. Boundarylessness. And boundarylessness related to the fact that in making corporate decisions, you must be free to pick ideas, concepts, and examples from anywhere in the world. So you're, you're about to launch a product, you're thinking of something to do a bond. Feel free to go to what is being done in Mexico, Australia, yeah. Azerbaijan. Just read wide, just research, just be limitless in your ability to to tap into what others are doing and then he talked about speed, speed. as a critical resource george how do you combine it almost sounds like contradiction how do you combine boundarylessness in the terms of going after models that are being used everywhere and at the same time talk about speed you mentioned information as the key excuse that people give for indecision mm-hmm. when is it enough so that you can hit the ground and start running and stop still measuring and planning and calculating and when, I mean how do you match boundarylessness and speed you see it is very important for you to appreciate where you expect to get to okay the only way to do that is to make sure that you understand exactly what you are dealing with speed is very critical you can't you can't joke with it as I said earlier on it is very easy for you to acquire information. The issue actually becomes the quality of information. Now, one of the things that we need to be very concerned about is the fact that you need to surround yourself with solid people, okay? Because you have people who have the ability to actually process information. Because, you know, when you're at the executive level, you should not see information in this raw form. You don't have the time to do that. So you will need people and systems to process the information and get it to the level where it can facilitate decision-making. 
it hit, hit, hit that point for me again. Okay. That at, at the corporate, at the top level, yes. you mustn't get information in this, in this no. raw form. No, no. You mustn't get information in, in this raw form. Because, you know, at that point, we are actually taking decisions. We are not analyzing decisions. If the information that is being sent to you is not processed and it comes in this raw form, it means that you, the executive, will have to be part of the process of organizing the information. That wastes time. And it will actually, you know, uh, enhance the procrastination that we talked about earlier on. But, but Albert, it all boils down with capability. Yeah, I, I capability wanna, I, I means drill that point a bit more sure. because you, you just opened up a whole honest nest, and I'll be I'll be hosting. I'm happy. I'll I've be hosting that. one of one of the celebrated CEOs in this country on 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 on, on, on human capital. And have a no holds barred, brutally frank discussion about the quality of human resource. And let's take out all this emotion and say, do we have people who can help us do the things that we want to do? Because if you're saying that you mustn't at your level be getting raw data, raw information, let me just throw out a question that you don't even need to answer rhetorical. For every CEO listening out there, can you relate to this information that George just gave us? that the people who work for you or as a senior manager the people who work for you mustn't just bring you raw information so this has happened or that has happened or that has happened they must be able to synthesize yeah, and process that information and, yeah, that's right, process, yeah, and then bring yeah. you options that are available that you could explore exactly exactly it takes a different kind of approach from what we tend to see from our uh, fresh graduates, we need, we need you to say so. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. But you see, you can't succeed as a CEO if you don't have good people, if you don't have solid people. It's one of the things that I don't, I don't joke with. And I want to, you know, say that uh, the people that I work with are fantastic people. The Bond family is really solid. I work with very intelligent people, very resourceful, and people who are self-motivated, who actually have a conviction to make sure that the CEO succeeds. That's the other thing. The people you are leading must actually be convinced that they actually want you to succeed. How, so does, how, the, does, how does it happen? I mean, let's let's. I, I talk to people. I've met. I've met in the course of what I do in consulting and so on. Met badly bruised leaders who feel betrayed. They yeah. feel let down. People that they invested so much money in. They say, I'm not surprised. They came in asking for big money. You give them the big money and they sit down and they do nothing. And they are thinking of the next bonus and the next the next raise. And when you ask them to quantify the benefit they bring to the table, it's almost like, why are you being so... Listen, we are all working. Whose fault is it? Is it the employer or the employee? I, I think I think the, the, the issue is the process of engaging those people. You see, there, there are a lot of people who are working, you know, the face of earth of the earth, especially in Ghana. Some of them have, you know, super titles. Okay. But when you engage them, you can see that a lot of them are not deep enough. So the process of actually choosing who you rely on in the process of developing the company is very critical. And that is where the issue is. You have to make sure that you get the right people. Otherwise, what will happen is that you will end up not achieving anything because you are in the process of developing you know, everything all by yourself. Let me ask you a very crazy question. So 
Napoleon Hill talks about the mastermind group. Yes, yes, yes. You, you have a must, you have a management team. You, say, you said titles don't necessarily make people good decision makers. Now you have a management team. They hold the titles. This is your cabinet to make decisions, and you feel they are not good enough. Is it legal? Is it right? Is it is it a good strategy to have a kitchen cabinet or an alternative <laughs> leadership? No, I'm I'm serious. Yeah, if you yeah, found yeah, a, I, a couple I, of a couple of sharp young guys, I like the question. Who yeah. have it? <laughs> They keep making good decisions. They understand how to synthesize data and move things. Would it be legal? Will it be proper? Will it be right to have a small network of people in the other room who meet to talk about real issues? Or you still have to use the framework that sometimes is letting you down badly? You see, see, when I talked about the titles, it wasn't with reference to the people who have already been engaged. You see, sometimes the process of looking for material for certain positions, you may be tempted to actually go out. You have heard to so-and-so, and, you know, he does a lot of good stuff. So on the basis of that, you decide that I want to work with this person. Now, the issue actually becomes in the process of, you know, thinking, you have to make sure that you are making the right decision when you are engaging it is very very important for you to you know make sure that the interview process goes beyond just looking at the person's cv and the fact that he can speak very well in an interview room but to deal with the question that you you just asked in in relation to whether you should have a cabinet and a kitchen cabinet if you have a solid cabinet like i do you don't need a kitchen cabinet. So I don't have a kitchen cabinet. My cabinet is a cabinet. Mike, no, if, 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 if you don't, it, it means that you are naked. Yeah, I mean, they see you. I mean, how are you going to operate? Because you can't operate on your own. You surely will need a cabinet that is solid enough. If you don't, it means that you need to start the process of reorganizing. But if you don't, my problem will be who put together the cabinet? Let's say you... you because because, because you, 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 you inherited it... Abel, or you find yourself with it, what do you do? You, ha- you have to start the process of reorganizing it. What does it mean to reorganize? Reorganizing means that you have to plug and put in. Make changes? Yes, you have to fire. make changes. You don't, you don't have a choice. Because, you know, Abel, when it comes to the corporate world, it is n- the, you don't have time. And it is not a situation where you can play. Everything that you do is serious business. And especially in our industry, money is at stake. And stakeholders don't like losing money. So you have to make sure that the tools that you are applying are the right kind of tools. If somebody is not what you expect, the best thing to do is to find a way of, if you don't, if you don't want to use that word, redeploy. <laughs> it is 17 minutes to the hour of, of 8 o'clock. And my guest for tonight, if you just tune in, this George Ufosuhin is the CEO of Bond. We're talking about corporate decision-making, and you can extrapolate some of the lessons you are learning, really, onto the national front and and various levels of national decision-making. But the key lessons we are learning so far is that the leader must have people who can bring to him or her information that has, that is not just in its raw form, but that has been processed for quality decisions. I mean, and that's the, one of the points that has really fascinated me tonight, that if your people that you hire bring you raw data or raw information, they pull you down from the corporate level into the day-to-day decision-making process, and that can be expensive for a top executive. He says that the solution is to start at the recruitment point, not just to be fascinated by titles and nice, nice flying ties, but to interrogate what is in 
inside what is inside the person to bring you the quality that you desire let's talk about personal biases personal interests religious affiliation cultural background antecedents are there other factors that come and influence decisions outside the core mandate of the business do you find that sometimes you are launching a product and a person some, somebody's 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 personal biases are being brought to bear at the decision making level somebody's somebody's religious interests are being brought to bear and what that happens what do you do is it real yeah it is real um albert i like to say that um if you want to make good decisions right. as a person it is important that you know yourself in fact what you are talking about it starts with you yourself you must be aware of your triggers your beliefs your preferences your assumptions what you expect and how you expect things to be done so if you look at it even you the one who is actually in the driving seat you have your own you know issues that you need to deal with and you need to also you know recognize the fact that the same thing is actually happening around you know uh, you so those things will come into play now the important thing is that you have to focus on the big picture and I keep emphasizing on that because that is the only way you can take care of all those things you know that sometimes even peer pressure can actually affect the way decisions are made because you can actually see the facts clearly but because Albert has a certain relationship with you, you will actually tilt in that direction just for purposes of ensuring that you will engage the wrath of Albert the next time he sees you. So you will tilt things in that direction. Once you focus on the big picture, none of those things will become an issue. You will be able to go through all those things. But in the process of doing that, Albert, I also would like to caution that don't burn bridges. Don't damage in the relationship that you have with people. People are very sensitive when it comes to the management of these things. And you are also aware that when it comes to beliefs, when it comes to personal preferences, some of these things are held very, very, you know, um, sacred. So if you want to, you know, push the person away from that stand, you have to do it tactfully and manage the process of shifting the person away from there and making sure that we are focusing on the big picture. Those things will come in. There's no way you can dodge them, but you need to understand and appreciate how to deal with those, and you will have a problem. It is 13 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. We are talking about decision-making, and my guest for tonight, George Ofusun, is the CEO of Bond, and he's just given us some very wonderful information about how to manage the nuances, those very interesting boardroom issues and 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 he's dropped another bombshell he says that if you are dealing with something that is something is so dear to somebody's heart either for for religious cultural or other reasons even if you disagree manage it carefully don't bruise the person's ego or don't don't hurt their sentiments so badly because these are things that people hold on to for a lifetime and so find a nice way of doing it and avoid offending the sensibilities of people listen if you are listening tonight i'm sure you are picking up some very 
important tools that you can use in your next board meeting. And this is Springboard. We call it the virtual university because you can you can actually matriculate every Sunday and graduate and come back again the next Sunday. It's free. It's just a wonderful experience. And tonight, my guest is George Ofusuhini, the CEO of Bond. And we are we are synthesizing the decision-making process. And it's given us some very, very useful information. But one of the things that I found that many people on Facebook were interested in before we came into the show was bad decisions. What makes us make bad decisions? Are we just bad people or we just are good people who make bad decisions? George, George, give us some pointers about how we end up making bad decisions. If you can, if you can enumerate them to help us to... I'll, I'll do that. Um, I think that... Um it is very easy to make bad decisions, right? Because that is the the broad way. Mm. You know, the book, the uh, the good book tells us that so so this, one, this one is, that. The, is the broad way. <laughs> so, so the first thing, Albert, is having too narrow a focus. Right. The focus is too parochial. Too much of it will lead to bad decision. The second one is not linking your decision to your values. You know, values are very important in life. You need to have values and you need to hold them very well and make sure that you don't depart from the values. That's number two. Number three, succumbing to workplace pressures. Mm. That happens a lot. You remember I said it earlier, that human beings are very complex. And Albert, when you are dealing with intelligent people, it's even more difficult. Because they can actually predict the way you react to something. So they will start from another angle knowing where and and tune you in a particular direction. (laughs) All those things, you know, can lead to bad decision. Number four, it is important that you avoid selfishness. Selfishness in the sense that you are taking a decision and you are thinking only about yourself. Right. Those things can actually happen, especially when it comes to decisions relating to human resource management. You have to avoid selfishness. The next one is that making assumptions and not dealing with hard facts. Mm. You see, you can actually go through the process and say that this thing, this is the way I expect it to go. So, you know, let me go along that route. Using assumptions without considering the facts. If you don't look at the facts, there's a problem. Assumptions may be wrong as we're all away. And then, you know, the last thing, making sure that you are flexible, mm. as we said earlier mm. on. Mm. Lack of flexibility can lead to a bad decision because you are only looking at things from a certain point. Flexibility brings in you know, other ideas that can be used in the decision-making process. If you learned nothing tonight, you, you are finding out that your bad decision that you made last week is a result of either a narrow or parochial focus not linking your decision to your values, succumbing to workplace pressures, selfishness, thinking about yourself only, number five, assumptions instead of facts, and number six, the lack of flexibility. I'm going to ask you my last question, George, and you want to take us home on that one. Sometimes you are, you are faced with a choice between orange and pink. Oh, this is it's, it's even pink and fuchsia, yeah. or violet and purple. I, I like the word fuchsia. Yeah, some of the, some of the decisions. It's not like it's not like black and white. It's like ash and green. Yes, yeah, so or light green. So so close. How do you distill or make a choice between similarly good alternatives, and you can't have both? When 
there are situations that you can't just say this is good, this is bad. As a business leader, is there a place for something more than just the raw facts in making a decision? What are the pointers? Yes. Ah, but that is where intuition mm. comes in. Mm. Intuition and experience. Mm. And that is invaluable. And that is why before you get to a certain place, you are expected to have gone through the mail. The process of going through the mail will make sure that you are baked well enough to ensure that your intuition is always correct. For instance, I have been in the banking industry for close to 30 years now. And most of that has been in the corporate banking credits, corporate finance area. So it makes it possible for me to actually decipher, even without looking at the facts. Sometimes I say that even the way the person is presenting the product or the project to me actually tells me that he or she may or may not be very solid in terms of the, what is the person is doing. So when you, when you are confronted with two equally good, the point is actually you know, to use intuition and experience, gut feeling. Intuition, experience, gut feeling. George, I could keep you here all night, but you just have absolutely blown this. Let me just rally our 10 points for the benefit of our listeners, and I'm going to hand over to Pastor Ransford Abosi. Tonight, you are discussing on the work with Jesus, the perspective of the Christian community on national disasters. And our guests are the General Secretary of the Christian Council of Ghana, Reverend Dr. Kabna Upuni Prumpong. Good evening, Chief. And then, of course, we'll be raising also the Chairman of the National Peace Council, Reverend, Most Reverend Professor Emmanuel Asante. But before Pastor Ransford takes the seat, let me give you your Ten Commandments from today's show. Number one, decisions are made with anticipated results in mind, and a good decision brings you closer. A bad decision drives you away. The second thing is that in making decisions, the factors you want to consider are your objectives, the implications of the decision, the opportunity cost, and the interest of stakeholders. The third thing we found out is that in event of disagreement, stakeholders are complex and they have different agendas, but keep the big picture in mind. The fourth thing we've learned is that the CEO is the is the leader. The back stops with the CEO and therefore you must learn to engage and also you must be flexible. And in doing that, you need communication, networking, and understanding of your stakeholders. The fifth thing we've learned is that in case of indecision and procrastination, leadership is a function of decision-making. You must be able to make decisions. And a bad decision is better than no decision at all. But the raw material you need is information. And that is key. And if you don't take decisions fast, your competitor will run. The sixth thing we've learned is surround yourself with good people. The seventh thing we found out is that raising the team starts at the beginning, right at the recruitment process. Don't be fascinated by nice ties and by nice English. Number eight, biases. First, know yourself and you can understand the biases of the various people you are working with. And please, don't offend their sensibilities if they are religious and other considerations involved. Number nine, in making bad decisions, there are six factors. And to know those six factors, please listen to this program again on SoundCloud tomorrow. SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash legacy dash legacy. You will hear the whole interview tomorrow if you tune in. The final one is the, is the nice closing point. In case you are choosing between grey and ash, or fuchsia and pink, the key intuition and experience. Enjoy this one. On behalf of Comfort, Matthew, and Amos, my name is Reverend Albert Okran. God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages 
at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A. For free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,